Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. 
And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is our News and Cues show. The news is news, and the cues are questions. We just say cues to save time. Because you know how we like to keep our episodes real short. Anyway, lots of fun Star Wars news and great questions from our listeners this week, Ken. A lot on the way in a very short, short, four-center fashion. Just what we always love to do here. Uh, before we get to all that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But before we dive into the news, we're going to catch up with us that's what we have to do <laughs> hey, how you doing joseph star wars life adventures do tell i i really liked your your tone that's great calming interview that's just like made me yeah, want to take yeah. a bubble bath it was great star wars mbo mpr yeah. <laughs> a bubble bath. you know i think you know just that idea of like ooh, take me away from it all in a nice bubble bath <laughs> Yes, Calgon. That's that's the ancient <laughs> reference that had left my mind. Uh, if I thought of Calgon, it was probably like, is that that's got to be a character from Thrawn, right? Uh, Calgon's the, just the middle part of the name, the chess name, right? Um, <laughs> oh, oh boy! <laughs> I've learned a lot of names this week. Uh, anyway, uh, the spoiler: I'm enjoying Thrawn. We're going to talk about it soon. Uh, for myself, for life adventures, obviously there are many, many adventures uh, to be had, and we're all having them. Uh, but for myself, the uh, the Adult Swim show I work on, weird fantasy comedy, Tigtone, season two is in the middle of airing right now. It's uh, every midnight on Sundays, and uh, the uh, episode I scripted uh, was on this past Sunday as we're recording, uh, Tigtone and the murder mystery at the death tournament. And that was really great, uh, really fun to see. It's uh, is all sorts of television. It's a really collaborative process. So even though it says written by Joseph Scrimshaw, there are you know a ton of people's uh, ideas and hard work going into that. But uh, there's a particular element to it that's uh, a little bit of a little bit of Tigtone uh, is definitely inspired uh, by the creators uh, Andrew Kaler and, and Benjamin Martian. Both love He Man, uh, and I love He Man. Mm-hmm. And there's an element to the episode that I scripted that was just like I just can we just see Tigtone fight a bunch of weird skeletor like hench people but even weirder so uh, <laughs> that in particular that element of the episode that i scripted was just really really fun uh fun to see and i've made a tradition now that uh i'm gonna buy an action figure uh when when something with my name on it uh comes across the television and last uh season for tigtone i bought uh commander pyre uh from mm. star wars resistance and uh this time i went and i just I just went to Amazon and I put in Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> three and a three quarter inch action figure, and I found for very inexpensive a Saga Legends uh, hologram Obi Wan. It's just Obi Wan, but he's blue and see through, uh, so he's flying home to me uh, today. So that's both my life adventure and Star Wars adventure. Love it. Love it. I think well, well deserved. Yeah. Uh, your name on the screen is something that uh, shouldn't get old because it's, it's hard to, it's hard to have happen a lot. It is, it is, uh, despite, uh, you know, uh, your skills and, and years of doing this, it, it, it should always be like, yes, I need to go get a figure and a whiskey. Yes. So well earned. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. A figure and a whiskey. I reward myself a figure and whiskey for lots of things, but uh, this in particular uh, yeah. was my adventure this week. Uh, that's, uh, that's great. Well, well learned, well learned, uh, uh, all, uh, and the He-Man thing, yeah, you know, 
He-Man's, He-Man's got a weird place in my heart because I love it so much. I grew up loving it, collecting all the figures. Uh, my merman was used. A friend gave it to me and his <laughs> ear was ripped. It was like a dog-eared merman. That's um, hilarious. A lot of good stuff. But yeah, but I also was kind of contraband. My mom, dad, quite frankly, my whole church, not, not a big fan of me liking He-Man back in the 80s. So uh, <laughs> I was a rogue. I was a rebel. It's so funny because the actual animated series is just so infamous for being incredibly nonviolent of, you know, He-Man just yeah. throwing people in the mud and the action figures come with these like actual like ripped fantasy comic books. <laughs> but yes. the actual show is so peaceful. It really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those the, the figures, those little mini comics that came with the figures. I mean, yeah. I get I can I I yeah, you know, I I get it. I get it, but it is what it is. Uh, good stuff. Um, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> uh so you you had life adventures, right? But they weren't any anything of specific. It was just getting through life. Just getting through life. A busy busy week, uh which is always always good. I did slow down for a little bit of a uh fire pit session Thursday night. So I guess that's it. The, the fire, the, the healing uh, crackle of a fire pit does work, but uh, you know, it's just one of those weeks. It is what it is. Uh, some real world stuff and just, uh, you know, uh, vet visits and all these kind of things we're trying to work through. Uh, so nothing bad, nothing bad. Uh, I did though. I, I did the scroll through the phone and I know, I know you're like me, Joseph, where you're just like, I have 17,000 pictures of my, fi- I, my iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I had to do some waiting. I was in a car waiting and I was like, I could either go to social media or I could just, you know, let me look at pictures. I do the, I got through an entire uh, airplane flight one time, just got lost, deleted <laughs> a bunch. Like, why do I have this screenshot? What is this? And I, I found my galaxy's edge pictures, which was only March, but it seems like a, a lifetime ago. Right? <laughs> what year was this? And uh, there's my star Wars and in, in life adventure. Just looking. Cause I, I'm, I do take the fun little Instagram worthy kind of photos and me posing, eating the pineapple ice cream in the rain and all the, but I also do the, let me just snap pictures. I'll never need again. But the thing is, as you're scrolling through, you're like, Oh, that's, there's that corner of galaxy's edge. There's this, there's that or any purpose. Nope. I just took pictures. I just took pictures. So help me relive the joy of, of attending galaxy's edge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in that same place of like, I really need to set aside a week where I delete photos because there's a lot that like, yeah, I just want one Instagram photo of this pose or this poster. And like, I took 17 shots and I can delete 16 of them. But besides that, it it is great how the phones are like little uh, visual diaries, right? And there's sometimes where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, did I really do all those things that I remember that week? And, oh, I totally forgot about reading that I was reading that Star Wars book uh, during that, yeah. you know, other thing in my life. And it is really fun to just flip through and, and have like, these were the days of your life last year that you already forgot. Well, it's like you go home to the folks and you pull down the the, the baby books or the photo books off the shelf back in the day, you know, with the, the printing the pictures out and whatnot. And sometimes I... <laughs> I do miss that I don't have that for myself, right? You know, I don't know. I get it. Uh, I, I like it all, you know, digital, I, I suppose. But yeah, so it, it's the same feeling, though. Of just yeah. like, oh, here's me in 2012. Uh, why did I take this shot in my office? I don't know, but I'm glad I have it now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that is that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to have some Star Wars adventures soon. Star Wars Squadron's on the way and kind of getting excited for that. 
even though I know I'm going to be dizzy, perhaps barf and crash a lot flying inside that cockpit, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, you'll have the, that bobblehead you can unlock, right? And that will yeah. keep you nice and nothing like a bobblehead to make you feel less nauseous, right? We'll see. Bouncing <laughs> <laughs> along. Uh, on that note, let's get into the news because we have some toys coming our way. Speaking of bobbleheads, PulseCon happened, and wow, do we have a lot of toys to go through. Uh, this was, of course, Hasbro Pulse, the Pul- PulseCon. I, you know, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard of it before. I'm sure it existed, and I'm sure we've even talked about it in the news before. But I don't know, just maybe because I'm home, focused a little bit more. PulseCon, okay, here we go. Let's go to PulseCon, everybody. Have you heard of PulseCon, Joseph? Did I just sleep on this and miss it completely, even though we've talked about it? I think I did know about PulseCon, but it can be so hard to keep track of because Hasbro does a great job of, of they, they hold a lot back for PulseCon, but then usually there's some stuff at San Diego and then there's some stuff mm-hmm. at uh, New York Comic Con and I think D23. So like, I think I just get focused on when are, when are the toys going to be and when can I buy them? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm sure you could find four center clips of me going in here at PulseCon. This, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally sure, totally sure of it. But I was just like, I, all right, dude, what a year. This has slipped my mind. But let's dive in. Lots to talk about here. I'm just going to kind of run through it here. Um, and we'll stop and talk along the way here. First one, I think the big one is Hasbro HasLab crowdfunded the vintage Razor Crest. This is like they did with the Jabba's Sail Barge. Crowdfunded this big giant behemoth of a toy. This one, uh, of course, a little bit uh, smaller than the sale sale barge, but it is uh, for three and three quarter scale collectors. Cost notes, uh, cost uh, cost. Let me check my notes. Three hundred forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It was a one hundred percent funded. Joseph, you can get this now. It's out there or will be one day. What do you think about that? It funded so fast, which is so great. I'm I'm so very tempted. This is, man, I really like this idea of, yeah, we'll make something crazy if you prove that there is an actual audience for it. You know, I would would be very curious to see them do some other stuff like it, Um, even more like this. I know they're, they're, been doing a lot of stuff like this but i love this and it makes perfect sense that that they would go for the mandalorian because that is you know the mandalorian itself is so built on the history of the toys the that uh the vintage line is being vintage about so man there's a part of me that is i'm glad that they just you have to pay 350 dollars to get the thing and it comes mm-hmm. with the the Mando action figure, and it's got a soft cape, and it's unique, <laughs> a yes. soft goods cape. Great. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, can I just pay fifty dollars for just the box? <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is not how it works, but uh, I'm I'm partially excited. I would love to have that thing and fly it around and have that unique uh, Mando, and you know, put Baby Yoda, put the child mm-hmm. in the cockpit. Oh, great stuff. Um, but uh, there's also that part where it's just like, I just like seeing the vintage packaging for new things. Yes. The vintage. Pa- yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. It is, uh, it is like meeting a get, uh, meeting a friend again for the first time. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, exactly. But yeah. That packaging, the old Kenner kind of vintage packaging, it, it does something. It really, it really kind of connects to something uh, in, in the inner child in you. And it gets, uh, gets me happy. Just, it just, it's just happy. Um, would you want, maybe this exists. I should search probably like on Etsy more than anything. Uh, would you want to hang a series of framed, um, 
covers of Kenner classic figures and box and toys? Oh, yes, I absolutely would. My God. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh. This, this came into my mind because I've been doing those uh, brick building sessions on Twitch where I usually, you know, build some Star Wars Lego sets. And I've been, because it's me, not wanting to just throw the boxes away. So I'll cut the front of the boxes out. And some of the Lego sets, um, they're, they're really, the photography is just really fun and exciting and dynamic and the toy looks great. And I've thought, do I just hang these up? <laughs> do I just, <laughs> I just do that? Uh, it might be a bit indi- indication of a bigger problem, but yeah, right? Like I'll, that, that Y-Wing, a framed Y-Wing box cover? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we've talked about them a little bit when we've been doing, like, um, Star Wars Ranked about figures and things like that. There's the just, there's the actual nostalgia. There's the aesthetic of the artwork. And then there's just the, like, what's going on, you know, when you've got, like, you, you, Lando greeting a snowspeeder or something. Like, why? <laughs> just Because they're just like, yeah. you can make up stories with these kids. Uh, so the ones that have got the kind of weird narrative of, like, how would that happen? I love those. I think because I think the classic Kenner Wyoming, I could be mistaken. I could probably just look it up, but I think Akbar was on it. Oh, yeah. And, which kind of there's almost because I think Radis is in one of the Y Wing Lego sets. It's, it's a, we got a Mon Calamari leader. Put him with a Y Wing. <laughs> so, Get that fish in a ship. That's not our news story, but Joseph and I just discovered art we want to hang in our houses. <laughs> Love that there. We'll update you on when you can all uh, spend your allowance money on the Vintage Razor Crest. Uh, we've got Black Series 6-inch editions, a lot of them. We also got some 3 and 3 quarters on the way here, but let's talk about the Black Series ones here. They um, they got those 50, uh, was the 50 Lucasfilm lim- Limited figures with the different packaging. We have less there. We have Commander Cody, Thrawn, Hoth on Solo, Hoth, Luke, Skywalker. Um, good series there, but Joseph, the main event here. I yeah. just want to go right to it here, but... Six inch, uh, the classic kind of the new line here, Black Series, with some great new packaging. I love the color, uh, little fonts and everything on a little bit different. We get Incinerator Trooper. Mm. We have Phase One Clone Trooper for all you Attack of the Clone fans. We have Return of the Jedi Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And then I just think this is a trifecta here. We have Dark Side Vision Ray, the Armorer, and Jar Jar Binks. Wow. My heart be still. I want the charge. I want the armor. And yeah, that dark vision ray looks damn cool. Joseph, what say you? What do you want to hang on your wall? Oh, these are all great. And uh, I try to keep my collection to the three and three quarter. I do have some black series when there's just the characters not available anywhere else or just really want to celebrate something. And damn it, this is this is breaking me. I, I need a lot of these uh, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Jar Jar Binks. And you know what? They're really doing a great job, not just on the figures, but the accessories. The accessories have always been a big part of the toy game. And the fact mm-hmm. that this Jar Jar Binks is basically uh, not just Jar Jar Binks. This is Jar Jar Binks, you know, uh, parentheses, bombad general, right? He's mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got all his weaponry. So it's got this vibe of like, and the weaponry is cool, cool designs, right? Like, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. So this is not like most Espa Jar Jar, you know, with the tool he drops, <laughs> you know, when he's working on yeah. the uh, the pond racer. The, the, there's not, you know, a poodoo on his foot, you know. Uh, this is, he's got all the cool weapons, and this is a little bit of a justice for Jar Jar kind of figure, right? They're like, look, he's cool. He's got oh, yeah. all these weapons. Uh, so that I love. Oh, yeah. 
in the dark side mm. vision ray is that's an absolutely gonna buy that because i just really really want more from rise of skywalker yeah i, I know that's been part of the discussion i've been seeing it especially even in our our, our uh, discord on force center uh yeah a lot of people want more rise of skywalker stuff a lot of that has to do with the you know it's easy to repaint uh, some uh, armor armored figures all that kind of stuff so we we get it we get the business of the action figures but on a base level just more from rise of skywalker Definitely, and then Dark Side Ray. That's gonna that's gonna be a big seller. I think people are excited about that one. It it, it looks good. Um, yeah, that Jar Jar one. I, it, it's just the packaging. And a lot of these, some of these were supposed to, supposed to be like convention exclusives. In fact, the other one, the armor, the packaging. It's it's different than the classic, the normal, uh, you know, peg uh, peg hanging black series uh, boxes and packages. I mean, this one, it's ready for display, and she's uh, you know. Working on a hat or working on a, on a Mandalorian <laughs> helmet, uh, yeah, mid, mid armor. So it, this one too, it just I love the character. I, I've been watching Mandalorian again this week and just her ass kicking scene. I, for, I, she's got some great philosophy, some great insights, some great stuff. When she just starts whacking stormtroopers in the face with a hammer, I'm like, that this is, it. This is good stuff. <laughs> I'm I, I I haven't been collecting as much lately, Joseph. I think I have to get these three figures. Yeah, yeah, I know the armor is an exclusive, so she might take a little bit more work. But yeah, one of my favorite characters from The Mandalorian. And again, killing it with that accessory game. I love that she comes with a helmet whacking tools and a helmet to whack. Yeah, <laughs> we all need the, a helmet to whack. I have so many Boba Fetts. And, and honestly, I think just about every Boba Fett ever made is pretty good because Boba Fett just looks cool. Even their original, uh, you know, Kenner yeah. looks cool. I love that this one comes with a severed blaster and there's a party that wants to buy him just to put him out with this severed blaster. I mean, this is how they get you. You pay upwards of maybe 30 bucks. If you want to track this down someplace to get that severed blaster. Yep. They you got know, me. They got me. Wise. I don't encourage it. If, if, if you all could steal the severed blaster and sell them on eBay, I mean, you'd make a killing. I don't <laughs> condone that. Do not do that. Do not do that. Um, yeah. And, and, you talked offline, Joseph. I want to make sure uh, you bring this up here because, I, like I said, I have stopped collecting out of just room, allowance money issues. Just It's just time for me to put them aside and maybe even get rid of some of mine. I'm kind of in that weird phase. Um, I, I got to support Jar Jar, man. I've got to support. Dollar <laughs> votes. Dollar votes. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a big part of this. And there was such a positive uh, reaction on social media to Jar Jar as well as to like, you know, I think in general, the uh, the Black Series and, and I think really all the figures that are coming out right now tend toward the cool and the badass and the fighter. Um, yeah. and, and so that they've positioned Jar Jar that way uh, is cool. But it is also just like you were just saying, it's it's a vote for we want to see more characters like mm. this, you know, and there's a lot of prequel love going on in this uh, wave of releases. So it's just good to vote for what you want to see more of. And I would like to see more of uh, the, the weirdos and the mm. characters that we need to re-examine like Jar Jar. Absolutely. Give me a six inch boss Nass or a handmaiden set, all those kind of things. Let's celebrate Phantom Menace. So good stuff there. We'll try to, we'll update you on if we're able to track some of these down. Uh, we also got the holiday figure line. Um, I don't want these at all, except for I might have to get them. Here's why. We got Clone Trooper, Range Trooper, Sith Trooper, Storm Trooper, Snow Trooper, all repainted in beautiful festive holiday colors. But here's the thing. They all come. You talk about accessory games. Strong, Joseph. Most of these come with a little holiday scarf wear and porg. And one, I think it's the Range Trooper or Sith Trooper, comes with Dio. 
Holiday Dio? I might need this. Yeah, one comes with Holiday Dio with red nose uh, like Rudolph, and another comes with little Holiday Babu Frick. And this this one, it, they know what they're doing. They know, like, yeah, we did it again. We repainted troops again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to buy them because there's cute mm-hmm. holiday, festive, uh, wintertime Porgs, Babu, and Dio. And, like, you monsters. <laughs> I, uh, you know... What I love in, in my weird head cannon, especially with the range troopers over there on Vandor, snowy planet, I can imagine one kind of annoying Imperial being like, we should uh, encourage some uh, festive spirit uh, for the holidays, for Life Day. Uh, the troopers shall uh, wear these festive uh, colored <laughs> armor uh, stuff. Um, I've dealt with this kind of thing before in my other line of work where it's like, can we put elf ears on the officers? Um, no. Um <laughs> So I can get behind buying these figures and just have them as seasonal deployed uh, stormtroopers. Those poor the porgs with the scarf. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, that that's the one that breaks me. I, I like the humor of it. I like the let, let's have fun. I, I particularly like the uh, troopers that are look like their armor has been printed with a Star Wars uh, holiday sweater artwork. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. If I was gonna get one, which I'm on the fence, I think it would be the uh-huh. snow trooper. Uh, because that little porg looks the most honest to being cold. Like it's got the little scarf and it's looking up at the snow trooper. Like, what are you doing to me? Why are we out here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the weather outside is weather. Get the holiday (laughs) figures. Uh, But yeah, you know, it's a holiday related things. uh, Memorabilia in star Wars kind of go hand in hand, a little bit of a tradition there. We talked about the Macquarie Yoda and all that kind of stuff. So it tracks, it works for me. I don't think I'll get any of these at the end, of course, but I get I can get behind it. I can get behind yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. But here's this is the this is you, uh, this is your wheelhouse here, Joseph. The three and three quarter vintage line. We get some new ones coming in, and I like what I see here. Incinerator troop. They re- they really like the incinerator trooper here. Uh TIE Fighter Pilot, helmet comes off. Uh B1 battle droid, Captain Rex, which looks sharp, but I think the two best here. We got Queen Amidala and Anakin Skywalker peasant disguise. <laughs> I want absolutely going to try to add them to my collection. Yeah, the Queen Amidala I think is the one that I am most excited about. I like that outfit. I get the Incinerator Trooper that you know it, it is uh, from Mandalorian. I'm glad to see any figures yeah. from Mandalorian. I like Captain Rex with that Clone Wars uh, logo uh, on there. That's all great. I'm excited for all these. I'm excited for the uh, prequel love that is represented. Uh, the three and three quarters vintage. That's the place that I really want to see uh, some more from Rise of Skywalker. So I don't think they'd do that. But but my my fantasy uh, is that there would be a crowdfunding thing if they're concerned that hey if, if we don't we're concerned that you're not gonna buy a uh, vintage Kylo with cracked helmet that comes with Claude <laughs> in a fantasy fight, you know. Uh, or anything like that. Or if it was, here's the agent class base with, you know, yeah. Claude and, you know, a couple of, you know, awesome uh, main character hero types. Um, that would be great if they sometime did a HasLab, you know, and, and saw if there was enough demand yeah. for it. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like uh, Lando's little uh, tread vehicle there. Give me, give me that. Oh, give me that yeah. With Clone yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just like, you can just, I'd say that all day. I wouldn't stop saying it. <laughs> Chase my dogs around going, okay. Good. <laughs> no, uh, talking about uh, uh, casting the dollar vote here, this this Amidala, really like it. Uh, different kind of 
you know, I think a lot of people expect, oh, you're going to make a three and three quarter Amidala. She'd be in kind of the classic, uh, you know, all, all of her robes and everything from Phantom Menace, I think are great, all of her outfits. But uh, this is the kind of the, the royal uh, look here um, uh, versus like the, the classic kind of red dress with the lights on the bottom. The names of these outfits are escaping me right now. I apologize. Uh, but I really like this choice. I really like this choice and, and definitely want to put some uh, put some uh, votes behind that one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to change my my idea for Rise of Skywalker. If, if okay. they did the, you know, Exegol confrontation set, right? And you could have uh, Emperor hanging from the claw machine arm and you could have Emperor with a new dyad made clothing. Yes. <laughs> and you could have Ben Solo with a hole in sweater. And, you know, uh, oh, my. anyway, I'll stop now. And of course, Ray. Anyway, I'm going to stop myself again. I can do it. Uh, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I know. Uh, yeah. But the, the thing is, too, like the three and three quarters, if you're like me and you got your little short in space right now um, for display, I mean, they're they're just tinier. <laughs> they're just <laughs> tinier versus the six inch, which I've always loved. I love the display. I, I, I in my old apartment, I had them all hanging on a wall like I was 14 again, just thumbtacks in the wall, just all hanging. Like, I can't do that anymore. Just the reality is that. But. Those, those three and three quarter packages, uh, they can fit in places a lot easier there. Final yeah. uh, big uh, big thing from this release here is the Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano lightsaber. Uh, I don't collect these, but these always look good. Um, you know, good for display. Uh, this is, um, uh, it's good. To, again, Ahsoka getting some some attention uh, is always a good thing, I think. Uh, and this lightsaber looks sharp. Have you ever been tempted by these lightsabers, Joseph? No, this is definitely a, a space and time and money that I that I gotta stop myself. I got my lightsaber from Galaxy's Edge, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it there for now. That's but really, very happy for uh, Ahsoka, you know, because I think there is such great love for the character as there should be, and I think that's one of those. Hey, please, please make this, and we will buy it. So I'm glad to see it out there. Yeah, and then just as uh, we went to record today, they released uh, Funko's releasing Ahsoka and Darth Maul figures. So uh, there you go, Funko pops its entire. Different conversation with me right now there. Anyone want some? Might be giving them away here. All right, so that's our look at PulseCon and the big releases there. Always fun to see the new Star Wars toys. Even if even if you're like me, your collecting days might be waning or maybe on pause. You see some of these and you're like right back where you started. <laughs> right at them. Uh, this is kind of, uh, you know, I, I love these little stories. These are ones I don't think we super discuss all the time here. It's uh from People Magazine, Giancarlo Esposito was speaking with People prior to the 72nd annual Primetime Emmy Awards last week. And the Moff Gideon actor said, this is the quote that went around the world, we're living in a universe that is huge and there's so much to explore. So I think this show, he's talking about The Mandalorian, of course, is going to lay the groundwork for the depth and breadth that's going to come in season three and season four, where you're really going to start to get answers. So this made a bunch of headlines over the last week, Joseph, as uh, Mandalorian planned for four seasons, um, confirmed, all those kind of <laughs> things. But hey, you know what? Hell, let's dive in because I I, I, I had fun with this. I Maybe it's because I'm, I'm a little knee-deep in Mando right now. Um, I, I, there's something about this. Uh, I just I was like, and, and, and I also like that Giancarlo Esposito seems to be he, he's he's kind of the Mads Mikkelsen of this Mandalorian when he was in Rogue One, just going, hey, I play like Jin's father or something. Like, what? <laughs> you know? And Giancarlo um, uh, Esposito has been saying a lot of like, oh, yeah, those, I, the, I fight the Mando. So, you know, who knows what he's saying and uh, who knows what's real. 
But uh, I just kind of like that, too. So let's dive in, Joseph. Uh, other than explaining, uh, you know, this is how a TV show uh, works uh, over the course of many seasons. It's going to get uh, deeper and bigger and more characters and you'll get answers. That's literally how a TV show works. <laughs> I want to break this up into two parts here. What, what, do you, what do you think this tells us about season two? Uh, you know, no, no specifics. Just looking into it, looking at season two. What do you think this tells you about it? Yeah, Um I, I just wanted to comment briefly on how much Giancarlo Esposito cannot be contained. I'm so fascinated with what's going on with that because he has, I have learned more from random quotes from Giancarlo Esposito that just flow through uh, my Twitter timeline than I did for the actual trailer of The Mandalorian. I know more plot points just from Giancarlo Esposito, which it, I, it's uh, kind of fun and fascinating and amusing that he cannot be contained. Um I yeah, I just don't know why. Uh, but but to your to your point, I think that this is a uh, actually a, a real good um, expectation setter. Um, who knows? Giancarlo Esposito, you know, obviously phenomenal actor, but sometimes actors aren't entirely in the know. Uh, you know, the season three and four might be a confirmation of four. Um, yeah, you certainly know a season three is going to come. I'm sure Disney Plus is like, hey, uh, hey, John, uh, how many of these do you want to give us? That'd be great, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. But who knows? Who knows on that? What I think is interesting is uh, the we're going to get more answers mm. because I think that gives me the expectation that season two of Mandalorian is going to be a lot like season one in terms of plot in information about big picture stuff. It's probably going to be kind of slow burn. And season two, just like season one, is probably going to be more about character growth and how characters change as they go through these individual adventures that are complete little adventures each episode but really slowly dole out the big plot like if you look at just the big picture plot of the mandalorian and you say the mando is sent after an asset but realizes it's a child that he bonds with and he doesn't feel like he is uh that he can actually give this child up for bounty so he protects it but then the person who paid for that bounty comes looking for it that's basically the plot and it, that that's an hour of television in one kind of storytelling but that's not the kind of storytelling that the mandalorian has been doing it's slow burn where there are interesting events there's fun action but in terms of really moving the big plot forward it doesn't move the big plot forward super fast it takes time with the characters. And it to me, that's that's what I got out of this is like, oh, it's not going to have its foot on the gas in terms of big picture plot. It's going to be individual adventures where we learn a lot about the characters. Yeah, it was nice. This is, this is why I kind of want to dive into it a little bit. Uh, it was it was nice for me to hear and to take from this because I. I can already see myself. This is looking in the mirror, 100 percent in the mirror going. Oh, yeah. Who is that character? Does that one character show up? Oh, my gosh. That. Oh, oh. And that could mean that could mean and that could mean. I still think at the end of the day, this is going to be similar to season one. And and maybe not not all just the side quest stuff. You know, episodes four, five and six are real side questy, too, as well. I mean, that's actually a real big side quest with the mini boss there. Uh, it, it, it It's a reminder to just not get caught up on on what what we're going to see in terms of characters and, and big revelations, but just concentrate on the Mando moving forward and the Mando, uh, you know, having his, his mission over all this season, get the baby back to the other mystic wizards. 
And what is he going to learn on that journey? Not or what are we going to learn about the galaxy as a whole? If that makes any sense, it's it's for a good thing for me. And this would happen with Game of Thrones, even though, uh, you know, I was a book reader and actually that made it worse where I'd see a trailer for the next season of Game of Thrones and then I'd get super, super, super excited because did you see that sigil? Oh God, that means so-and-so's here and that must mean this and that must mean this. It, it, go, it ties into the speculate responsibly theme here around Force Center, but even beyond that, I can just spin out and I'm already excited about potential rumored characters that I honestly haven't dug in anymore, but I just want to, it's, it's good to remind myself to go, the bigger answers will come later. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like it's not going to be like, okay, episode one, we get resettled into the Mandalorian. Episode two, he finds Ahsoka. She tells him where to go, but then we uh, run into Moff Gideon and he tells us our whole plan. Like, could be, but I'm just, I'm not expecting that. Yeah, yeah. Bo-Katan shows up and says, that's my Darksaber. And then they fight. And then, and then, and then, uh, I have all those speculations too, but uh, this is... And and, and, really, and and we can start looking ahead to seasons three and four here, Joseph. I really just trust what they will do with it getting bigger and how it will just, I think it will slowly get bigger to where I, I can foresee in season two, we might have some like, what is this filler? Not necessarily uh, from these uh, airwaves or other podcasts we know, but just the general conversation. I, I, I bet we're going to have those, those conversations and then slowly, but surely, because we're watching episode seven of season one where it's like, oh, that's right. He does go back and pick up the super team of, of super friends that he met along the way. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And I remember being kind of what's episode four. Why? Why is it? Why? So, again, reminders for me. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Some of the some of the stuff coming our way. Yeah. Yeah. And him finally taking the helmet off uh, with IG-11 would not have any of the weight without that whole episode of mm -hmm. almost taking his helmet off in the village, you know? Yeah. Um, so looking ahead, three and four, we we don't know much. Uh, it, we're not lying, Joseph. I, I don't have a secret cheat sheet of scoops. <laughs> that I'm not not hiding. Uh, in fact, uh, I was um, in, in the living room the other day. Amanda Lauren was on and and, and Grace, my, my girlfriend, asked me, she was, uh, hey, who's, uh, did you, what's, and she asked me, I forget, I even forget what it was. She goes, and something about season two. And I said, I don't know. I really don't know. And it's exciting to be <laughs> in that spot because I, I kind of, you know, a lot of us kind of knew some stuff coming into some of this. So uh, we don't know much. Where do you envision the themes of the show leading us, Joseph, in uh, season three and maybe four? I think this is partially because of stuff that Giancarlo Esposito has said uh, before. But combining that with even more stuff he said about we'll get bigger answers later. I feel like this is really going to be a, a, about the philosophical perspective of M Moff Gideon. I feel like that's what we're going to learn. Uh, he said some stuff about, you know, he, he's really going to, uh, attack Mandalorian psychologically, you know, as well. So that makes me think we're going to really learn about what is his perspective and what in that is a temptation to the Mandalorian or what in that causes doubt for Mandalorian. And, and I think we might get to some, uh, some good, solid, really traditional Star Wars themes, but from this different, uh, perspective, this different pacing and style of storytelling, but I can really see Moff Gideon attacking uh, Mandalorian with uh, playing to uh, Mando's doubt, uh, Mando's nihilism, Mando's fear. Uh, Mando is a character who started on the path that we know because his uh, parents were brutally murdered in conflict. And then to just get by, his life has been full of conflict. 
And now he has this possibility of family, this possibility of a new looking way of looking at the galaxy. But he's got to be that that kind of realist who's dances on the edge of realism is pessimism of like, come on. The truth is everybody sucks and you got to shoot your way through life. That's, you know, I'm, I'm he's trying to let himself see something else. But I think it leaves him open to sort of that sort of philosophical attack from somebody like Moff Gideon of like, look, the world is horrible. Um, Ed, the galaxy is horrible. Uh, the New Republic are a bunch of hypocrites. And the only point in the galaxy is uh, everybody's grabbing for power. So we might as well be the one. Uh, somebody's going to have a boot on somebody's neck. So we might as well be the, be the one with the boot on the neck. And seeing if that is kind of a, a pressure on Mandalorian contrasted with you know, there's been so much uh, talk about, myself included, of like, ooh, if he's looking for answers to the Jedi and the Force and the child species, who could he bump into? Ahsoka, you know, all these clickbaits of, is Luke Skywalker going to show up? All that. That's all interesting and juicy to see, like, which Force people is he going to talk to or find? Um, but I think this show is probably going to be more about how does encountering the philosophy of the Jedi in the light side of the Force challenge him? You know, the light side of the force and the Jedi at their best preach hope in the face of darkness. They preach that, yes, the path of light is complex and you're going to fail, but you got to go toward the light because it's the light. So it's interesting to me to think maybe Mando's journey is going to take him to a place of kind of choosing between the light and the dark in a really classic Star Wars way. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know it, it, it's almost like a, it, it is a repeatable thing, Han Solo and Finn and all variations of, of that. But I, I still think that's always kind of Star Wars at the at the core. And, and we always talk about if you veer too far from that, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's as powerful. It can be as entertaining, but I don't know if it's as powerful. And and I, I think we already see that in season one, the identity, trauma, dealing with all those things and where it takes you and on, on you know, and, and surprising places uh, the 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 child existing in his life is it's it's it works for me too on on the, on the parent level the found family level you kind of touched upon it is if he does discover some of these people with uh, these skills these philosophies in in the face of what he's being presented by Moff Gideon what he's being presented by the galaxy the the realistic state of the galaxy stuff and New Republic yeah what does that do to him. As he as it, it does it push him farther into joining a cause, being part of creating his own cause. You know, maybe, yeah. Maybe he is the cause, uh, or maybe Yoda, the child, becomes a cause more than just uncovering the use. I mean, I want to know what Moff Gideon, you know, wants to use the child for, and and uh, Doctor Pershing, all that kind of stuff. I I want those answers. But the theme behind it, yeah, it's interesting. The existence or potential existence of more force-tuned, sensitive folks with deep seated philosophies related to that, what that will do to him in the face of, of the galaxy as it is right now. That's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm really interested in not only like, Oh, he, you know, discovers these Jedi that we didn't know were alive. That's all exciting. And that's great. And I think that's a, a possibility, but that's why I'm really interested in even the idea of uh, Mando and the child ending up in a temple and they're, you know, really confronted by the philosophical ideas, not just the real straightforward, uh, here's a list of Jedi who could possibly train the child. Like that's great and interesting, but I think that more philosophical of can the Mando embrace any of the ideas of the light side of the force in his journey is really interesting to me. 
Yeah, because he did a lot of breaking from the past, and now, now what? You know, where, where do you go? Where do you join? Or if you join at all, and and uh, you know that that that's going to be and 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 I'm looking for a lot of you know each episode having the theme around that these nice beautiful little tone poems and cool Star Wars reveals. It, you, we, we're going to enjoy all of it. Exactly. All Lots of punching and shooting and jetpacking too. Uh, exactly. We need jetpacking. Speaking of jetpacking, that's not a transition at all. <laughs> We've got a director change for Cassian Endor. But, hey, you know, you got to read into a little bit here. It's not as dramatic as maybe you would want to make it. Tony Gilroy is out as a director due to COVID-19-related travel issues and concerns. He lives in New York. Getting to UK for the shoot would be a problem. So he will remain on board as the executive producer and showrunner. We know the show's gone through some changes already. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's it's not ideal, but in the state of the world, uh, the very real world, it makes some sense. And Toby Haynes will take over for the first three episodes. Important to note, we don't know uh, any other directors, and maybe Gilroy could come back for some as they shoot later. Production is supposed to start relatively soon. Productions are starting to, to get back to not normal, but get back uh, and starting to exist again. So, Figuring it out. So uh, the thing uh, um, about Haynes, most known, I think, for the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror and the HBO movie Brexit. I think it's part of what Utopia coming out soon, too. So uh, simple enough, Joseph, what do you think about this uh, change, this uh, uh, needed change based on circumstance? And uh, we can talk also about directors to come. Yeah, I think this is just what a breath of fresh air, no matter what you might think of any of the various uh, director coming and going uh, controversies that have been going on in Star Wars over the last few years. What a breath of fresh air that this is just, hey, it would be dangerous for me to fly away (laughs) from my family. I'm still very much involved, but you know what? Hey, buddy, you go ahead and direct those. It's just so nice. (laughs) That's like yeah. one of my main reactions when I saw this. Like, oh boy, here we go. Is yeah. there like, oh my God, there's no problem. There's no problem. It's just a safety thing. And Tony Gilroy, you got to remember, Tony Gilroy started his career as a writer and he entered into directing. But like, there's no like, oh, Tony Gilroy isn't in, in control anymore. Like he wrote all mm-hmm. the Bourne movies and, and every every film he's directed, I believe he has written. So it's mm-hmm. he is somebody who is still has the reins as uh, a writer and as a showrunner. So there's no like, oh, they shifted the mm-hmm. concept or, you know, Tony Gurler wasn't working out. So now he's being kind of put on the back bench. It, it's great that it's still the same creative direction, just a different director. Yeah. And I had the same reaction. I think a lot of people listening probably have the same reaction. You see the headlines. And you think, here we go. Here we go. Oh boy. We're gonna have to hear about this. No, oh, yeah. It, it, it's some reality stuff. Uh, Haynes is based in the UK. Makes some sense. Um, I, so I, I'm not super familiar with Black Mirror. I'm very aware of the show. I just never have watched it. Usually I'm playing video games. I apologize. Uh, do you have uh, experience with this show, Joseph? No, I, well, you know what? I watched the first episode of Black Mirror and I was like, this is good. I don't need this right now. <laughs> I find the, uh, I find the technology in the real world Pretty creepy all by itself. Uh, but that's totally just a taste thing. I know Black Mirror is great, and and I'm going to uh, watch some of the uh, suggested episodes, including this one, which I've heard great things about. I have not personally seen any of Toby Haynes' work, but just from knowing what he worked on, um, Brexit is obviously a, a political thing. I think Utopia has uh, some elements of horror and sci-fi from the little bit that I've heard. Obviously, uh, the, his Black Mirror episode, which is a spin on Star Trek, 
it has got some uh, the meeting place between uh, horror and sci-fi. So political science fiction and horrific uh, in a show that's about Cassie Nandor having to do horrific things in the name of the rebellion. Sounds like a good choice to me. Yeah, yeah, one of those things. Same, same. Not super familiar with the work, uh, other than you know, you you would hear about this episode of Black Mirror. It's one of those episodes, not unlike say the Fly episode from Breaking Bad, directed by Ryan Johnson. So hey, uh, you know, TV uh, TV episodes that that break out into the pop culture zeitgeist. Take those people, move them into Star Wars. I'm okay with this. Looking forward to this. You know, uh, you, this question of uh, what other directors would you like to have in the series? There, there's a lot of answers. I don't know the names, you know, it's like, I, I just, I trust them to put the right people in place. But what I'll say is I love, maybe it's cause I just stumbled. I, I the, the Disney gallery director episode just popped up and it auto started. And I just watched it while I had a sandwich the other day, <laughs> just seeing what Favreau put together. There's this dirty dozen kind of directing vibe, direct star Wars camp, all that kind of stuff. All those things we heard those directors describe their experience there. That's all I want from the series. Give me the give me the great names. I'd love some of the people we're already familiar with getting shots in other Star Wars stories, like Deborah Chow with Kenobi, et cetera, et cetera. But that's all that's all I'm looking for uh, in in the episodes that uh, need directors or directors haven't been revealed. Yeah, me too. I don't have a laundry list of picks other than you know, hey, anybody who's directed an episode of The Americans, uh, it's a great pick for yeah. Cassie Andor, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so we'll look for that uh, when rumors start to emerge. Uh, I'm just excited, too, that this is still, number one, the show is still happening, but two, uh, with everything going on, they can start getting some stuff down. Uh, great cast, excited. This is one of the time periods I love, so without a doubt, I'm looking forward to this one a lot, and, and I'm sure you are uh, as well, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. I think it's going to, as we've talked about a lot, I think it's going to be some really great uh hardcore emotional espionage i think if you like the scene where cassie nandor had to shoot tivik at the beginning of rogue one you're gonna enjoy this this is gonna be a whole season of wrestling with killing tivik and i'm looking forward to that in a in a dark way i think that should cassie nandor wrestling with murder there you go uh final news story of the day uh we've got uh high republic lightsaber revealed all right so Here's this is my I clicked on it. I was like, ah, okay, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me look at the lightsaber from a novel. You know, I'll probably have to envision this in my mind. And I gotta tell you, this is a sneak peek from the forthcoming book, the Lightsaber Collection, with this great uh, coffee table book coming out. And this is the lightsaber of High Republic era Jedi Master Stellan Geos, and it is an elegant weapon. And I was like, I want to discuss this with Joseph. I, I, do you like the design? Favorite elements? Dive into this saber joseph i think it is really great yeah i really like it because i think it uh it, it looks great for all the high republic stuff that it looks like uh lightsabers of the past but in this more elegant uh literally gilded age with all of the uh gold and lot, being a lot more ornate so it looks like it really does the basic lightsaber just kind of looks like a uh, Qui-Gon's lightsaber, but fancy it's got, you know, the black with the large red button. So you don't miss <laughs> the activation button that Qui-Gon for some reason has the really like press the red button. Um, so I like that all by itself and and it matches all the high Republic stuff, which we can talk about. But then I think it just, it, it uh, manages to do exactly what modern lightsaber design I think needs to of how can it be different in a cool way that makes visual sense and isn't sort of 
trying too hard, right? There, we've got mm-hmm. a million gifts now. Every new lightsaber, there's the gif of the, it's a lightsaber, but it's a pocket knife. And, oh, here, here comes the energy corkscrew, <laughs> you know? Yes. And that is always the danger of designing new lightsabers. And I think this one is just a shockingly elegant, cool idea that, yeah, there'd be other cross sabers, uh, but this this one has the little uh, physical parts of the hilt that fold uh, out when the lightsaber is activated and the energy comes across them. So it's got this really strong um, flying buttress, <laughs> uh, yeah. if you know that uh, yeah. architectural term, you know, right? That it's got that, it gives it that sense of like support and strength of we are the Knights of the Round Table. And I know that's what they're going for, but just visually it really works because it looks so solid and supported, you know? And, and so it's, it, it just, it achieved that goal of, it, it's different in a lightsaber, but not so just bizarre to be different for different sake. Yeah, yeah, no, the, I, I can see the practical reasons for it, if, especially if, uh, you know, the technology is, it's 200 years prior, it's not as developed, uh, you know, you need to, you know, get let some of the energy out, but what do we do with that, uh, you know, and how, uh, obviously makes you think of Kylo, and just like Kylo was like, I don't care, my blade energy just shoots out, um, and I mean, <laughs> had a, some, picked up a similar lightsaber as well in rebels i just love it i love the the little uh, buttresses that come down uh I, that just looks it looks different but i just it, for for the vibe for the era they're going for again i clicked on this kind of like yeah 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 okay okay yeah let, let me look at lightsaber and I just and i paused and was like this okay i'm i'm really on board for this and, and find myself more excited for some of the little details of the high republic um than than i was at the beginning of the announcement so that's that's a little i don't know just a little cool thing for me to realize when i look at it there and look, we're still a few months away from these stories. We don't know a lot. We're getting little sneak peeks here and there. I know you and I have touched upon this before uh, with the outfits. Uh, we've seen the Jedi having a little, little bit more, a uh, little bit more bedazzled uh, on their <laughs> outfits. There. What do we now that we've seen the blade and the blade again? I can understand if, if the technology isn't as sleek yet. It's still good tech, but it's not not fully formed, right? It's iPhone three versus iPhone ten. I get it. Uh, but what what do you think about this in, uh, in terms of the Jedi being a little, sh- so we should say, more fashionable than we first met them in the original trilogy and then definitely in the, in the prequel trilogy? Yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with the storytelling. They've said that, you know, that is a part of the storytelling that, yeah, obviously just aesthetically it looks like, well, this is uh, a heightened age where things are going well. And so the Jedi uh, look regal and ornate. Um, that all makes sense, but then they've also really hinted, and, and I think just directly said, like, but we're going to handle the storytelling of, of why, because mm-hmm. we kind of know Jedi is like, we don't need belongings, we don't need fancy things, we will wear uh, the plain uh, robes of farmers, uh, is, you know, my headcanon, and, and Matt Martin's, and I think many other people at this point, uh, I think eventually it'll get solidified a little bit. It what The headcanon that I have right now, and I'm fascinated to see what they'll do, is they're just expanding in the outer rim. So they're used to uh, the core worlds in the inner rim. And if it's a time where everything's working well with Republic, maybe everybody kind of has nicer things. So this is a reflection of, we are the noble Jedi Knights. We help hold this all together. It's for the most part going well for everyone. And we can all express ourselves and our high intentions through lovely garments. Uh, And then as they get into you know uh the outer rim and you know more problems and more poverty uh maybe that will be a part of the switch to oh we can no longer 
look ostentatious. Yeah, no, I think I think you're. I, I'm excited about that possibility. Again, we're we're in wild predictions headcanon territory. Of yeah, you get off your 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 star cruiser and it's a Jedi and a Padawan looking like they've just stepped out of a you know Paris runway fashion show, fashion week, <laughs> and and you got not necessarily less developed worlds, but just some other worlds who are kind of like yeah, what we're busy working hard. What are you doing? You want us to join the Republic? Nah. Now you fop dandy. No, I don't, I'm not joining. <laughs> um, I could see that popping up and, and, and I want to see the one Jedi who's like sweatpants Jedi. He was like, nah, you know, guys, what if we just did this? <laughs> Much more yeah. Yeah. And it, it does look like there's also like, there's the, the, all their clothes are nicer, but there's also like kind of, Hey, we are going to official presentations. There's almost like a Star Trek uh, when they have the dress uniform, right? Yes. Uh, element to it as well that they're just such a great integrated part of this society that uh, this galactic society that's overall doing pretty well that uh, mm. makes it really interesting yeah i yeah i like that i i, I yeah all right i don't <laughs> i don't want to lock myself into the this is the answer i, I want to see yoda at the end of all this high republic series that's the last chapter i want yoda going taking off kind of his fancier robes and going uh, you know plain i shall wear going forward <laughs> yep why I'm not writing a Star Wars story. Uh, <laughs> final, oh, bonus story. The John Powell did put on Instagram uh, a deluxe edition of the solo a Star Wars story soundtrack coming out like two hours of kind of the actual score, the actual music for the movie. You know, you get kind of the soundtracky score version released uh, first, and then this is like the actual movie music and big deluxe edition. That's I, I, I think the solo score is underrated. And I'm excited about that too. And and what do you feel, Joseph, about just hearing flying over and over? Oh, I love the solo soundtrack, and I am definitely uh, I listen to the soundtrack fairly often, so I'm definitely going to get this new one. And I just really hope that uh, Lulilo Primak has his correct uh, lower register voice. That's the only disappointment for the existing solo soundtrack. That he's got you, the high pitched voice. You're right. We need that hashtag. <laughs> That weirdo's real voice. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a look at Star Wars news. Before we get out of here, take a quick break and come back with your questions. We're going to give you our audiobook recommendation. Force Center recommends this book, Joseph. We are recommending, and we have been recommending, Thrawn Ascendancy, colon, Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. Please enjoy us recommending it because uh, this Thursday we'll be doing our review and then we'll be back to recommending some other Star Wars books as well. Absolutely. Catch up with Thrawn. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Get an audiobook on us and support the show in the process. All right. We are going to take a quick break. Reset on the other side. It's your questions here on Center. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center. Justice Grimshaw is here, and we have got all of your questions. Every week we take some questions from the far reaches of the galaxy and our supporters on Patreon. And, well, as always, we have some good ones, but some ones that challenge what I know, think, and feel, and want in Star Wars. Just a great question. <laughs> I don't know. 
Oh, I can't wait to see what has challenged you, what has uh, shaken you to the very core of your Star Wars fandom. Let's find out. Uh, first, we go to Twitter, and we've got a question from Aaron Motes. Aaron says, sporting events in canon are almost exclusively racing or gambling. If you could design a sport in the Star Wars universe, what would it look like? Uh, this is a great question. We've talked sports before, but not in a yeah. very long time, a long, long time ago. Uh, it looks like we're going to get some more sports in Mandalorian with a little bit of a Gamorrean fighting ring there. Uh, there's been things like Gravball mentioned in uh, different canon books, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, for for on screen, there's a lot of racing and gambling. So what you're a sports fan. What do you want for sports in Star Wars? I, I, I would want some sort of team sport if, if grab ball is it or, or something like that. And we see in the Outlander Club, we see what looks like, I think, some droid football. I don't know. There's something going on. It's kind of similar. So it, you, you give me something like that. The reason being it would create in, in the galaxy, it would create, again, teams, uh, planets, areas you're rooting for. Uh, like I have a T-shirt that's the Hoth Hoth City Wampas. Like, all right, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily be that, but it would also create stars, characters, um, sports stars, which could also mean could tie into underworld betting, gambling, any kind of thing like that. Like you could do a, a smaller scale. I'm not saying like TV show or movie, but like a I don't know, a book or a comic or something where you really could play with with that the criminal underworld and a, a team sport. I'm thinking of like the 1919 uh, Black Sox scandal in baseball or just how gambling had just totally uh, had, a, had a grip over baseball in, in the early 1900s. Um, that that could be interesting to me in the galaxy. Tying things. I know Aaron's, Aaron's just kind of like, hey, give me a sport. No, 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 no illicit gambling. But I think you <laughs> together or just create some kind of hero and a, and a sports star. You know, sports stars do have great influence whether they want it or not. But how does a sports star in the galaxy work alongside a Jedi hero, you know, like, like not saying they're teaming up on a mission, but just like you're rooting for me. This guy's got four uh, wizard powers. Like, I don't know. Just, I, I could see that. So, but I think that would come out of a, a team sport where you could have superstars on those teams. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how they kind of dance close to that. Some of these ideas in resistance with the uh, racers, right. And they even have like kind of the logos and they've got ego tied up in their identity as racers, but then they can, pivot so quickly to also being combat right and it would be really interesting to see people who are like you are in you know absolute star at this very specific sport that's very hard to do but it does not immediately have <laughs> combat application yeah and i've always said i'm you know fascinated by the pod races and i know aaron's mentioning hey we got you know racing but like the i, I still say i want to i want a story on you know uh, the pod racing circuit and what could be a fascinated by that. Again, I do, I do like sports. That would make some sense, but that I'm a baseball guy. So what's the, is grab ball and maybe it's been described somewhere. And I just, I just not remembering right now. And I don't want to, you know, say, give me a Quidditch in, in, um, in star Wars, but yeah, something like that where I could, you could actually spend some time how the game actually works. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, and there are bits and pieces all over uh, canon and legends kind of mentioning the side things, but to me, the spirit of Aaron's question is like something as big as pod racing that like, yep, no, we all know that it's been on screen, it's a it's a thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm really intrigued by the kind of sport in different eras that could bring the galaxy together, that there could be, you know, some galaxy cup of some, you know, sport that lots of people like, or maybe it's really popular in the core worlds or the inner rim, uh, so that would be cool. But I'm also really interested in sports that show like a unique culture, like mm -hmm. 
what jumped to my mind is aliens playing, uh, riding some kind of exotic beast of burden, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a Ronto or, a, you know, Eopi or uh, anything like that, Etobi. Um, and then they're basically playing something that kind of looks like British cricket. We're like, ooh, yes. this looks exciting. They're, 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 somebody's throwing something and somebody's swinging something, but I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, Ronto ball. With the, Run the ball. I'm all for this. Like a f- kind of polo, but a, a you know a, a less a higher class, uh, crusty version of polo. Like Ronto ball. Give me some. Give me uh. Give me that. I'm on board. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also, uh, my wife and I were watching a documentary series uh, with this uh, woman visiting uh, different uh, castles in the UK that are still like uh, very traditional. And she went to a Scottish castle, and then uh, there was also a traditional Highland Games. And she was trying to do the caber toss, basically, you know, just throwing the log. (laughs) And I would love to see things like that of like, uh, what is, you know, traditional sports on Utapau that have grown out of living in a sinkhole, right? (laughs) That's No, that's great. I'll tell you what, because number one, you reminded me of World Games on Epics uh, from Epics on my Commodore 64, which had caber toss uh, in there as well. Barrel rolling, cliff jumping bull riding, all those kind of things. Not necessarily the team sport I'm talking about, but you're right. You could go through, and that's something that, that George would probably be interested in as well. We always know that's what he loves, kind of uh, diving into these cultures and these worlds. Uh, and again, I know along the way, you can probably point to some stuff in Legends and Canon. I, I, I totally get it, but just uh, making, uh, you know, for the sake of the question, but just highlighting it. Yeah, you, you would find that. I think you'd go to 10 planets and find 10 very specific Caber toss this, uh, t- toss like games, and it doesn't all, all have to be tossing things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you could be that, that's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. My final one is I would love some sort of space golf, like maybe it happens in the air, uh, and it's some, but something that fills that very specific. It is a sport, it takes skill, it does take a, a specific kind of athleticism, but it is also something that is a place where deals are made or a place where, you know, uh, people with a little bit more money get away from yeah. the, the everyday people, you know, and I can see yep. like Sheev being flown around, you know, in the air above Coruscant for some sort of like air golf. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Love that. Tarkin's <laughs> probably good at uh, air golf as well. Oh yeah. Tarkin is a murderer at air golf. He makes so many deals there. He finds out people's weaknesses. Krennic sucks at it. Krennic can uh, barely get in the club. Just hacking. I'm in the rough again. This is <laughs> not what I wanted. Uh, and then you got Thrawn over there. Like, how did you nail that putt perfectly? Well, I measured my club <laughs> for the match and I tested the wind and then I banked it off just perfectly. I'm infallible. Uh, I think it would work. I think it would work. Yeah, that that's it right there. I, yeah, uh, airspace golf with all of our favorites from the Empire. That's Vader's got no patience for that. Great oh, yeah. question, Aaron. I'm really hoping to see more of this. I think it's a really obvious, um, great real-world thing to expand in Star Wars. Even And again, for people who are fans of things that are in uh, smaller points in canon, uh, I would love to see this explode out in a big way on the screen. Uh, move on to Fandom Engage. Uh, Fandom Engage says, War! Now that storytelling is moving in a new direction, do you find the new books set in the old era as important, necessary to the story of Star Wars moving forward, or more of a chore? My Audible is filling up with books I need to get to, and I'm needing counseling, I suppose. Thanks. 
Uh, there's a lot of great things here in uh, in Fandom Engage, uh, the, the Twitter handle, obviously. But if that was the person's name, I'd be into that too. Uh, first name Fandom, last name Engage. Um, yeah, I think it's just a question of kind of which books are we gravitating toward? And is there any specific relationship with, do we feel like uh, books that are set in older eras, like it, that it's time to move on because they're not adding as much canon? I, I, yeah. It's tough for me to counsel on this is a just one of those personal preferences then I guess. I I, I mentioned in the first half of the show, like I, I'm getting more excited for High Republic. And that's in the galaxy I know and love, but I, I was not struggling, but just like, okay, yeah, right, 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 right. Two hundred years ago. Okay, fine, let's let's finally go dive in that era. I would love Krennic the college years. <laughs> I would love <laughs> more of that. Uh, I and and that's me. And I know I know a lot of people don't share that uh, opinion and we're going to dive deep into the discussion on Thrawn on Thursday. Uh, no secret. I, I, by the way, enjoying the book. I, I think it's good. I, I am struggling just knowing that this is taking place off to the left of the screen, very far to the left of the screen and could affect the characters that I love and could affect the galaxy. I know, but I'm, I'm not feeling it. So I feel disconnected from it. So I'm struggling through that a little bit. Not, not the quality of the book. It's me. So man, maybe fandom engage has the opposite where they, they, they totally want to dive into the chaos and the unknown regions and all those kind of things and, and, and not get the answers, not need answers that connect to what does Will of Tarkin feel about this right now? I get it. So I don't know, Joseph, I, I, I that's some horrible counseling, but I, <laughs> I don't find those, the the errors we know and love, I don't find them chores yet. Yeah, I think that that's actually great counseling because I think the best counseling is uh, it is about personal preference. I think when a novel comes out that does really put a specific new twist on something, that information gets shared pretty quickly among Star Wars fans, right? Of something yeah. that's viewed as a little bit more um, essential. Like, uh, I think Leia, Princess of Alderaan, it's not like there's juicy new canon make you totally realize you, that you didn't understand Star Wars before, but it is right. a real clear picture of the path toward rebellion and, and the deep mm-hmm. desire to not have to make this a any sort of a violent fight, but desperately trying to keep it a political fight uh, and what the characters go through. Um, so I think when, when a book set in an older era or an era we know well has some kind of juicy canon it, it rises to the top and people talk about it uh bloodline is probably the best example actually because it does have some like real central canon of how how and when did the galaxy ever know that leia is uh related to vader you know great implications of uh, you know the start of the first order and the start of the resistance and all that that's canon right um the kylo ren the rise of kylo ren comic that's canon that's information about kylo moving from the jedi temple into the arms of the first order and and all that kind of stuff uh but beyond that i think almost all of the books and the comics are when they're good it's because they flesh out the character and they go to a kind of depth uh that a movie isn't designed to it's a different kind of storytelling to go inside the character's head um, and I think then it does just come down to personal preference of it's not about era. It's about which characters do you want to spend a lot of time in their head, <laughs> yeah. you know? And if you're a fan of, if you go and see Solo and you're like, I like Kira, then, you know, you want to read uh, Most Wanted because you get to learn more about that. 
if you're really a big fan of uh, Starfighters, uh, you know, you want to read Alphabet Squadron because it gets in the heads of those characters. I think it really does come down to not worrying as much about canon because if it's big, important canon, the general fandom will let you know. Uh, And other than that, it's less about era, I think, and more about characters and style that you want to spend more time with. And I would, I would say to fandom engage or anyone listening, don't, don't feel bad if you're not going to get to them all. You know, I think we, we, in uh, since 2015, but really 2012 into 2014, when we started getting new books and everything, there can be this desire because we love this stuff to just fill uh, your brain with every piece of information. I think it's okay. I'm a little less connected to the comics right now. Definitely not connected to the IDW stuff. And there's some great stuff in there. And that's okay. And I think it's okay too, just to be like, you know what? Uh, my audible book, uh, book list is filled up and I don't know if I want to listen to alphabet squadron. I don't know if I want to hear uh, about count Dooku when he was young and, and that's okay. And that's okay. You're still going to get a lot out of star Wars. There's still a lot to, to, to chew on. Yeah. I think that's a great distinction too. Like if you love Thrawn and you want to spend quality time with Thrawn, then I think, yeah, prioritize the Thrawn books. If you're also somebody who's like, I like knowing Canon you can read Dooku's uh, Wikipedia page and you will get that, you know? And you, so both are still available. You just don't have to commit to all the time to reading if you're more interested in just like, I want to know the facts. I want to know the story. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of facts out there. A lot of books, oh. a lot of comics, a lot of stuff. Yes. So many facts. So very many facts. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to our questions from Patreon. This one comes from Paul Wright. Paul says... Uh, whilst obviously not a Force user, do you believe the Force was actively looking after Han, knowing the role he will play to defeat the Sith? Fate, or the Force, helps him escape Corellia, meet Chewie, uh, did the never-been-done-before infamous Kessel run to escape the Empire, shot first, oh yes he did, uh, come back for Luke to blow up the first Death Star, both found Luke on Hoth, survived an asteroid field, and survived carbon freezing, all against the odds, as 3 kept reminding us of, only to be there at the pivotal moment for his son, to finally defeat Papa Palps. There's a lot of great ideas here and a great rundown of the best of Han Solo's successes in the Skywalker saga. What do you think about that, Ken? How do you feel about the idea that force or fate or luck or some larger cosmic idea is at work in the successes of Han Solo? Yeah, this is is the question that kind of got me in the best way of just like, yeah, let me really try to figure out what I think about this what I think about the Star Wars story. So great job, Paul. Great job, everyone this week. But Paul, this one really kind of jumped out. I got to tell you, and this could go into maybe, I don't know, real world beliefs, real world discussions about what it, what is actually what. And, and, and we'll never figure that out. Let me, so let me just put it in these terms. Like you and I always talk about destiny is about bringing you to the point of choice in a, in a general sense. You know, we can have bigger discussions about destiny in Star Wars. Han is faced with a lot of choices. <laughs> Somebody makes very well uh, somebody makes not, not good at all but he always comes down and always in, is in the end i do believe in my heart that there's could be something about the force if it has if it has itself in the game to that level you know it's not just worried about the, the folks swinging the lightsabers it's worried about everyone it is a, a a energy field that binds us all together does it know a hundred percent what is coming eh, no but it, it, it i don't think so Again, choice, and 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 it's and it's a, a series of increasingly tough choices that these characters have to make. 
I could see that there's just something. We need this one. We need this kid. I'm not saying the force is actively rooting for Han or actively making him get out of the Kessel run or shoot first or shoot more accurately. <laughs> I, I still think Han is, is doing a lot of that on his own. His fly by the seat of the pants a type of uh, guy. I don't necessarily think he is a spiritual character in star Wars, like a Jedi, like a Luke or, or Leia. But yeah, I could, I, Joseph, I can get behind this idea that the, the, the force had its eye on Luke uh, on Han The force had its eye on him. And, yeah. All right. You're doing oh, a little, I like the paraphrasing of Hamilton there. <laughs> Did I? Oh, yes. <laughs> the forest had its eye on Han. That's great. So yes, uh, I, uh, yeah, sorry. Perfect. I talked over you a little bit there. What were you saying? No, no, no. I said that. That's kind of where. That's kind of where I, I, I kind of go with it. I don't know. If that's my my final answer, uh, Paul. But I think that's where I go with it. Where I think, yeah, I think a lot of these characters, a lot of it, and in, in the Star Wars story, can just yep have to have a part to play. Yeah, I think that my vision of the Force and, and the way the Jedi talk about the will of the Force is not uh, like not quite like this uh, moving chess pieces into play. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I there's been some you know writing of being in the Force is like it, it from the from a certain point of view. I really like some of the writing of Obi Wan experiencing uh, entering the Force and sort of being fractured in time and seeing mm-hmm. the past and seeing all of the different versions of the future that can be. I like the idea of the forces like so much larger and not even really linear. It just sees all the things that could be. And almost in like Doctor Who, this idea that um, time is always moving and always changing, but there are fixed points. And that maybe the will of the force is like, yeah, there, there are some things that no matter what anybody does, we're going to end up here. Uh, and then maybe that's big world events, right? Um, mm-hmm. Big galactic events. But I think for someone like Han... And and really for all characters, I like this idea a lot that we've been talking about, as you said, that destiny is there's something true about you. There's something true about the path set in front of you that you can't avoid dealing with these things that you are going to inevitably have to deal with because of who you are, because of, you know, the situation that you found yourself in in the galaxy. You can't avoid a war. Uh, Luke's super powerful with the Force, so even if he tries to stay on Tatooine, people are eventually going to come for him. Um, all these kind of ideas. And I like taking it a step forward, farther with Han of that spiritually you could look at the Force as saying, well, we see past any sort of bravado or fake face you put up, and we see the truth of who you are. In Han Solo, the the Force sees the truth that, much like Kira, you're a good guy. You care about people. You don't want to see them hurt. And you want to take a chance to do the right thing. So we're going to keep putting these opportunities in front of you where you have no choice but to confront yourself and confront the idea that what you want to do is always say yes to helping Enfys Nest. You always want to turn around and, and be there for that kid, Luke. You know, you always want to be there for Leia. Uh, we know you're scared of talking to your son, but we know you that's who you are. So we're going to keep putting these paths in front of you where you can choose to be who you are. Um, that's the way I kind of like to look at the Force, offering these opportunities to Han to confront his destiny, uh, his true destiny of just who he is. Yeah, I love this, you know, always in motion the future is, right? Like, I, I, 
I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't believe there's one path in front of all these characters. So, so I, I love what you're saying here. Just like, you know, again, time and time again, you, you're gonna, you have a part to play. Again, we all have a part to play in this story. Uh, Gandalf is uh, showing up here and, and and hanging with Yoda and telling us all that, uh, you know, all you have to do is decide what to do with the time that's given to you, and 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 it all kind of, you know, kind of can. Conf- can 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 matter in the larger scale of the story thinking of like Gollum and that kind of stuff so Han is not Gollum but um yeah uh Paul I don't know if I answered maybe Joseph answered uh, you a little bit better I I just think there's um it's not just uh luck and looking at like finding Luke on Hoth and everything like it's not so that the force guide, guided him there but the fact that he was willing to look he's rewarded for that yeah, I really like that. I, I think the other thing for me is I really like conversations about destiny, but the reason that I think I, I keep thinking of it so much, it, destiny means that a choice is going to come to you because of who you are, and you can't avoid that. It, but destiny yeah. is not relieving you of choice because Star Wars is so much about choosing who you want to be and being proactive about your choice. So the idea that Han is kind of this hapless guy and uh, the Force just keeps being like, Oh yeah, let's uh, tweak that stormtrooper's aim off a little bit, <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't hit Han. You know, I think to me that undermines a little bit of the agency of he has to choose who he is. In a lot of these scrapes that he survives, uh, we love looking at him because they're like, Han, why did you do that? But when you look at you know why it might have worked, it's because he has skill, uh, because he's a good shot, because he's intuitive, because that's a great psychological game to play with those stormtroopers of screaming and run at him. Uh, a lot of times he gets by with something that he shouldn't because he's actually just charming and there's a lot of uh han that is you know it's it's his agency that is getting him through some of these scrapes all that said i do think obi-wan guided him to uh to luke on <laughs> on hoth <laughs> yeah 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 i hear a whisper in the wind yeah look we could talk more and more about destiny and everything I, I i i think it's something that over the maybe maybe the last year i think it might be coming out of the race stuff too of just like and I got to tell you, I always I, I bring it up time and time again, but like Game of Thrones stuff where I look at uh, Jon Snow, the boy who would be king, but that that wasn't his story. That wasn't it, it, it. So when he didn't become that, maybe some disappointment, I get it, but that's not. So there's this concept of destiny and fantasy stories. Ah, this character is going to be this because destiny has called him to be it. That's fine for me. I'm just now looking at it as more as it just means more when they make these choices. And when he makes a choice to become a free folk, that's more powerful to me than destiny taking you on a path that cannot be changed. And yeah. Star Wars, like you said, just is full of that kind of stuff. Choices. It, yeah. And, and to bring it back to Jon Snow as one, now one of the great quotes to me of fantasy of, uh, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. gets a choice. Uh, great, great question, Paul, right? Mm. Uh, we're going to move on to our final question uh, from Brennan Marr. Uh, Brennan says, a while back, a friend and I were discussing the great throne room scene in The Last Jedi. My friend seemed unconvinced that someone as emotionally volatile as Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo could fool Supreme Leader Snoke and assassinate him. That got me thinking. Did Kylo succeed because Snoke's arrogance blinded him? Or did Kylo, through the dyad, draw emotional strength from Rey and thus successfully hide his emotions and true intentions or is it a combination of both? Or is it something else? Thanks. Thanks for the great question, Brennan. Uh, Ken, where are you at with how Kylo, because uh, I think he's Kylo in that moment, not Ben. Uh, how do you think Kylo succeeded in assassinating Supreme Leader Snoke? Yeah, and this is fun to discuss with the whole picture 
and, and not worrying about the realities of Ryan Johnson writing his script at a time where maybe a dyad wasn't part of the equation. Uh, now there's definitely Ryan Johnson puts this giant, huge, important connection between Ray and Kylo slash Ben. So it's there. But I, for me, this moment becomes more powerful when it is about Kylo being so aware that his, his, uh, his boss, former mentor, whatever you want to call him, just is just blinded by a lot of things, not just arrogance, but just like, it's so it's almost as if Snoke's like, you're a child of evil destiny. And this is the way it's going to go, or I'll kill you. Um, that he just couldn't see to me. It's just more powerful that, that Kylo knows to exploit that for his own gain in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a, one of my favorite parts of last Jedi. I think it's uh, really elegant. I think there's a couple things going on. We know that Snoke, uh, kind of mocks him like there's some honesty in it of you know when he uh, killed his father it it you know split him uh, to the bone and he was unbalanced and all that uh, but Snoke is going out of his way to as Snoke says you know uh, paraphrasing uh, stoke his conflicted soul to draw Ray in to try to save him uh, and I think part of Kylo's response to killing his father and feeling unbalanced by that and you know, he thought he'd been told for so long, like, that's the this uh, path, uh, this thing, this amazing thing you have to accomplish of truly kill your past and you will become what you were meant to be. He kills his dad. Not quite that. Then his mentor, who kind of handed him that line, uh, says, you're still not who I wanted you to be. You're still such a, a failure that Kylo, through all of his various interactions with Ray, I think really gets himself to that point of, you know what? Everyone's got to go. I don't want any parent figures uh, i don't want anyone tell me what to do they all gotta go uh kill the past it's the only way to become what you're meant to be he's trying to convince ray of that but i think he's become really convinced of it himself so i think mm -hmm. he is looking for that way to get rid of snoke too to kill his uh new dad since killing his actual dad yeah. <laughs> didn't work for him uh and then what i think is so elegant about it is it is snoke's overconfidence mm -hmm. it's not that kylo plans this great uh, elaborate plot to assassinate Snoke. He'd probably be caught in that. I think it's that Kylo is focused. He knows what he wants. He's not being kind of volatile and all over the map. He wants Snoke to die and he looks for the opportunity and Snoke presents him the perfect opportunity where Snoke, as he says in the movie, can sense Kylo's actual intention of you're my enemy, I am bringing this blade to you and I'm going to rip you apart. And in Snoke's uh, arrogance, he just doesn't realize that that is absolutely Kylo's truth from a certain point of view. And that yeah. point of view is not directed at Ray. It's directed at him. And I, I just think it's such a great way to play around with that idea of point of view and that idea where we feel triumphant for a moment. Cause it feels like Kylo is focused. He's just focused on something different than we think in that moment. Yeah. And it, yeah. And if there's any kind of connection or the connection that is there between him and Ray, like I wonder, lack of a better term, if Kylo's just kind of feeding back the wrong information to her as well, <laughs> you know, like if she's like, oh, yeah, hope, hope springs eternal inside of you. And he's like, yeah, hope for killing my boss. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Good stuff, Brennan.
Yeah, yeah. So great question, uh, and it, that's it. Sounds like so much fun to discuss that with a friend. That's such a great. Ooh, what do you think is really going on there in Star Wars? Uh, kind of conversation. So those are our questions this week from Brennan, from Paul, from Fandom Engage, and from Aaron. Thank you all so much. Great questions as always. That's it, Ken. Great stuff indeed. If you want to reach out with some questions or join the conversation about this episode, you can go follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We are on Instagram. YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Yeah, we're trying to get on Amazon Music too. Every podcast in the world is, and uh, I uh, we're working on that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and at patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us. A lot of new supporters this week. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for just uh, really uh, fueling uh, our efforts here at Force Center. It means a lot. But as always, one of the best ways to support, just give us a listen, a like, a subscription, a rating, a review, and tell a friend about Force Center. Got some stuff here on my website that I want you all to check out here, kenapsuck.com. Got a big live show coming up on October 10th. This is uh, Mark Riley's Riley's Cantina live show that I'll be featured on. Put it together with Mark, and we got a lot of guests. Some we're not quite ready to announce, but one I can. A special appearance by the one and only Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you, sir, for being part of the show coming up on October 10th. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thank you, uh, and Mark, for asking me. So I'm excited to make a digital appearance. <laughs> digital appearance, yeah, it's a little tricky. It's a live show. Stream to the world. You can buy uh, tickets anywhere. Watch it, 7 p.m. Pacific. It'll, the link will remain live. For a couple of days after, uh, there you can go to uh, kenemsock.com slash uh, go to the events page, I should say. You can link to where you buy tickets, a, a special live Q&A. Mark and I will be on stage, maybe one or, or two people responsibly, socially distant and responsibly on stage. The rest will be digital appearances, but it's a great Star Wars comedy kind of a variety hour, for lack of a better term. A lot of fun. So more information on that. Uh, Joseph and I have been uh, uh, highlighting charities of choice here. Uh, this week, I want to highlight St. Baldrick's Foundation at stbaldricks.org. This is something that uh, a friend of mine, a scribbler, Jeff Saunders, does a lot of work with. He uh, uh, works in the uh, childhood cancer uh, area, and this is what St. Baldrick's Foundation is about. It's an organization that raises funds to specifically support childhood cancer research. And my pal uh, Jeff from the Feeding the Monster podcast just uh, did another one of his like shave events. He shaved off his mustache for the charity to raise awareness. And I know Jeff and his team over there out in uh, uh, South Texas area, they've been uh, they've been having some hard times. It's, it's It can be a rewarding line of work, but also a real just painful and sad line of, line of work at times. And that's the reality of it. And I know they all need a, they all need a little uh, uplifting. So Jeff and the team and everyone at St. Baldrick's, uh, uh, we appreciate what you do. You can check it out if you uh, want to get involved at stbaldrick's.org. Joseph, over to you for all of your plugs and your great charities. Yeah, great, uh, great thoughts, great, uh, great ideas to support. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, uh, for links to my other podcast, Obsessed, comedy albums uh, that show on Adult Swim, Tig Tone. And uh, I'm still supporting Vote Forward. This is a, a basically an idea where you can write a message to voters, uh, other voters, to encourage them uh, to use their power to vote how they see fit by writing a quick letter. Uh, there is a mailing deadline for uh, Vote Forward for those letters on October 17th. So if you're interested in writing a few letters, you can go sign up now. Their website is votefwd.org. 
Do it, do it. And by the way, check if you're registered to vote. I was damn sure I was. Just did with check. Saw one of those links going around social media. And like late in the day, I was like, ah, sure. And I wasn't. I had to re-up. So make sure you do that so uh, you can uh, vote. Vote indeed. Important stuff. Yeah. All right. We are out of here this week for Center News and Cues. So for Moff Gideon and all the spilt tea in the galaxy, we'll see you next time on Force. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.